Twitter handle, at Religion of Woke. All one word. Alright, today we're going to talk about St. George. St. George Floyd. Now, I don't say that. That's not a charitable thing to say. But this podcast will explain why some people call him St. George. So I recorded this podcast a while ago and forgot to post it. But anyways, the big party they were going to have to uh, celebrate, I mean commemorate, the 100-year anniversary of the Tulsa, Oklahoma massacre uh, got canceled. I think they had problems getting the singers and whatnot that they wanted for the show. Financial problems of some sort. Anyways, now here's the old podcast I recorded. So this is a shame. Uh, It's white people's fault, although exactly how I'd like to figure out. I mean, what did I do or my friends do or exactly what did white people do to do this and maybe what can we do to make it right? Well, there's this thing going around now where uh, we celebrate bad stuff that happened to black people. So I think we had a 100-year anniversary of the Tulsa, Oklahoma massacre, previously the Tulsa, Oklahoma riot. And I think Biden went there and he's like, you know, that riot is, you can draw a line from that riot straight to uh, the Capitol Hill riot on uh, the 6th of January, which sounds like some exaggeration to me, but anyways, uh, you know, political uh, speech flourishes are allowed, I guess. And so anyways, they had a big party. You know, it sounds, I didn't, I don't know, I haven't watched video, but it sounds like they had kind of like a, you know, the kind of stuff you do on the 4th of July. Well, they did it here for the 100th anniversary of a bunch of people getting killed. And, you know, I I doubt that they brought up the facts in the beginning of the case where, you know, there's a good chance that a black man tried to rape a 16-year-old white girl and then black people killed 10 white people and then the white people went off and burned down their town. You know, don't talk about the beginning, just talk about the end, I guess. Anyway, so I guess, you know, that's a reason to have a big party. And it seems like they're kind of, people are starting moving that way with George Floyd. Um, they did some sort of, George, you know, they put George Floyd on the name of some bill in Congress. I think it passed the House, but not the Senate. And so, you know, George Floyd, uh, I'm sure he did a bunch of good things, in his life, you know, just like any normal things. Any normal person does some good things, you know, when you're five, year, five years old and you say please and thank you, well, you did something good. And when you're 45 years old and you say please and thank you, you did something good there too. But the only real things that I know about George Floyd was he was convicted of robbing a woman with a gun, and then he seemed to have, you know, multiple interactions with police over periods of years, Usually involving drugs and then him acting quite strangely. But so, and then, you know, he was murdered by a cop. So that's, whatever. Like, apparently that's a good thing. Something to celebrate. Something to commemorate. And my guess is we're going to have, you know, George Floyd Elementary School and George Floyd Boulevard, you know. You know, they might even, they might even change, you know, Martin Luther King Elementary School might change the name over to George Floyd Elementary School. But anyways, you know, what have white people done that make, uh, whatever, I guess force black people to celebrate the lives and the actions of, you know, well, some, you know, 
whatever. People who people who should not be celebrated, basically, would not normally be celebrated. Like white people would not be celebrating someone who got killed by a cop, obviously. Tony Tempa, if you want to ever see the video of the white George Floyd. Anyways, no one cares. You know, not only are we not celebrating him, no one knows his name. That's why I say it. Tony Tempa, T O N Y T I M P A, I believe. You can watch the video. It's worse than what happened to George Floyd. They're laughing and joking while they do it. And it goes on for, I think, 14 minutes. And he called the cops on himself because he was having a psychotic break because he was mentally ill. And now he's dead. And all those cops completely got off. So basically, every single part of that is worse than George Floyd. But anyways, no one cares. Ain't gonna have no Tony Tempa elementary school. But anyways, whites have been in power for... Well, ever since ever since uh, we came over here and killed the Indians with disease. So we're definitely... We done it. We done done it. So how did we do it? I think it's slavery. I don't think it's Jim Crow. I think it's slavery. I mean, you know, whatever. There's a bunch of stuff after slavery that ain't good. But I think the root cause where people are lifting up criminals and, you know, naming stuff after them is, uh, I think it was slavery. And whatever, like, a lot of people don't know this, but um, stuff actually went pretty well for black people after slavery ended. You know, in a lot of ways. I mean, obviously there's, who knows, lynchings and murders, but uh, I think um, the freed slaves, I think they learned to read and write faster than any group of humans in the history of the planet has learned to read and write, for instance. And then I think, you know, a bunch of them, uh, whatever, they had kids, they had, uh, you know, a mom and a dad and three kids, and they, whatever, the, the parents worked, and the kids, uh, you know, whatever, had a better life than their parents, right? And I think that continued, that continued till about 1960. Every generation was having a much better life than, the, than their parents, which is a great thing. And by 1921, you know, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Greenwood, Oklahoma, was a, was an all-black city. It was called Black Wall Street. They had 14 millionaires. Uh, I mean, they were doing fabulous right there. And I think there's a lot of places across America that were, you know, basically black cities just with total prosperity. And when Greenwood, Oklahoma got burned down by the, the white mob, um, five years later they had rebuilt and were richer than they had been before. And, you know, this came from the Stuff You Should Know podcast about the Tulsa riots. Um, they said it, and they're totally woke. And I'll say it, I'm anti-woke. But I think there was something about, um, whatever, like segregated cities and segregated neighborhoods that were making, uh, you know, successful black people. You know, they like they owned the local stores, they owned the local factories, they were the... The workers and the owners, and uh, so stuff was, you know, I don't know, but at least by the 20s, stuff was doing good, and uh, it just, and, and once again, it just kept getting better and better, until about 1960, when things took a turn for the worse for black people, and that was, you know, some of that was what, you know, forced integration, or whatever, you know, laws were passed that said you can't, can't have segregation, I mean, you know, who could... <laughs> I mean, what, talk about a tragedy. Turns out that, you know, ending segregation hurt black people. You know, instead of uh, John, the black local shop owner, you know, who sent his kids to college on the money he made from his little shop, uh, you know, they, uh, they built a Woolworths outside of the black community. And then when they let black people shop there, 
all the black people went over and shopped at Woolworths or whatever they had back in the 60s. And boom, John was out of a job. And all the black workers at John's shop, they're fired or laid off. But anyway, so that's long after slavery. So why is it slavery? Well, there's something called oppositional culture. Now, this is a sociological theory, and uh, anything a sociologist ever says, not only, not only do they not know the answer, but they're probably lying, especially if it comes to anything to do with race and gender and sexuality. But anyways, here's a theory that sounds kind of reasonable to me. It's called oppositional culture, and it's basically when a dominant society, you know, a dominant group treats a Another group, a non, what is it, dominant, not submissive, this ain't BDSM, yeah, we'll just say non-dominant. So, whenever a dominant group uh, makes life hard for a non-dominant group, uh, whatever, the non-dominant group starts defining themselves as in opposition, they, you know, in, in opposition, they oppose the dominant group. So, I think with slavery... Black people were kind of forced by white people to, whatever, define themselves as being opposed to white people, which in America is not, uh, you know, it's not going to go well for you. I mean, this is a land of opportunity, but it's kind of like if you act like a white person it is. So, you know, if going to school and getting good grades and then going to college is considered a white thing, then, you know, it's not good. It's not good if your culture is like, hey, that's a white thing, so we got to do whatever. We got to do the opposite, or at least something other than that, because that's... Because our culture opposes that culture, so we can't be like them. I mean, anyways, you know, the idea of uh, school kids saying if you get good grades, you're acting white is very controversial. I mean, Obama said it was true at one point. I bet today he would say it's systemic racism and say it ain't true. He's changed his tune on a lot of things. I think that I think there is a, there are studies that show that this you know so-called acting white is a thing you know hey kids don't act white don't do your homework and of course you know not all you always say not all but you know tons of black people they go to school they get good grades they get good jobs they raise good families it's just that there's a disproportionate amount of them that live in terrible neighborhoods neighborhoods and don't do that stuff but so that's kind of my explanation for you know why George Floyd and a hundred-year-old massacre, right? These are the things that are lifted up as whatever, things to celebrate. It's because your culture is, you know, your culture is, you know, this is not this is not a productive thing, but maybe your culture, you know, it's not about celebrating what you did good. It's about celebrating what your enemy did bad. And so, you know, I think after slavery, blacks are not fond of whites. I mean, I wouldn't be if I was them. And then, you know, through the 20s, when they were doing great, you know, building their little rich cities, uh, you know, they were off by themselves. And probably when they went and interacted with some whites, probably wasn't a good experience. So, whatever, you know, it didn't make them like whites then either, even if they were getting rich. But I think, you know, in the 20s, when everyone at your school was black and someone was getting good grades, you know, it wasn't like you weren't, you weren't acting white. You were like, you were acting like a... Reginald the Black Nerd, which is okay, because, you know, Reginald's dad owned a store, and if you hung out with Reginald, uh, you know, maybe they'd give you some candy when you went over to the store. 
then after the 60s, you know, in your class, there's some nerd who's doing good, but his name is Chad, and he's white, and your friends will razz you to kingdom come if you have anything, you know, if you seem to be the same as Chad when you get good grades and don't leave your books at home every night or in the locker. Anyways, that's a theory. Seems seems plausible to me. I mean, like I say, no one's no one knows exactly how society works. So why don't we just think it's systemic racism? Like, oh no, there's no such thing as acting white. This is just systems of institutional structures that uh, cause it, you know, and whiteness and white supremacy. Now, what I think is you you look at other people who ain't white and see how they're doing. So, you know, you look at like immigrants from Africa, for instance. So, you know, what's the difference between immigrants from Africa and uh, descendants of American slavery? Well, one thing is that, whatever, the immigrants from Africa are not descended from American slaves. So, you know, they don't have a long line of, you know, mothers to daughters and fathers to sons of basically being opposed to what white people do. Instead, they come over from Africa, you know, they, they, watch, they watch American TV shows and see how rich everyone is, and they come over from Africa and they're like, I want to be like that. That's going to be awesome. I want to be as rich as the white people on the, you know, on Friends or Seinfeld. In any case, you can see pretty much every uh, every type of immigrant, doesn't matter the race. They come to America, they do good. I mean, they do fabulous compared to what it would have been like. But even in America, you know, they might do better. A lot of them do better than white people. But they all do pretty good. So that's why it's not systemic racism. Fighting systemic racism isn't going to solve whatever problem is you, it is you want to solve. Because that that's not the cause. So if you want to... Anyways... You're wasting your time. Alright, so what's the solution here? Well, first thing you gotta do is you gotta, um, you gotta look at the problem. You know, you gotta look at the problem with a impartial eye. You can't make up a bunch of junk that makes, that feels good to you. So basically, you gotta, you wanna get black people to think that they, uh, whatever. They're in a country that loves them and that supports them. And so, you know, that ain't easy. That ain't easy, right? You know, right now the media is telling them that they're in a country that every single white person hates them and is a, you know, the equivalent of a KKK member. So, you know, I'm not in control of this. I guess I didn't do this. And I don't know if my, some of my friends did do this, but uh, the media, the media has told them that they're in a country that's completely and utterly against them. And so, you know, all the progress we've been having where black and white people were kind of getting, getting along better. Well, that got thrown out the window in the last five ten years so you know here you know what like what could the biden administration do democrats people who uh are saying false things about america being racist but they are willing to put money into it i think the first thing we need is to uh it's the opposite of defund the police like every poor black neighborhood that's doing not good they need double the cops Police have been shown to prevent crime, so what they need is more police. They need that neighborhood to be safe. They need the smart, successful black people who grow up in that neighborhood to not, you know, not have the first thing they do is get the heck out. They need to have those kind of people stay there, you know, and your neighbor, oh, that smart, successful, that smart, successful uh, neighbor of mine 
and he's still here, and his kids are getting good grades. Maybe my kids will want to get good grades. And police ain't cheap, but uh, white people owe black people that much. They owe them to pay for more cops. And they owe them more, but uh, I think I've said about enough on here. I support universal basic income for all poor people. That's what I think. But, uh, you know, the particular thing for uh, violent poor black neighborhoods, that's more cops. Okay, thanks for listening. Now go call your kid's teacher. Get a list of exactly what homework they need to have done and by when. And then put your eye on all that homework by your kid done and completed. And make sure that if they made a mistake, you help them do it till they get it right.